Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast, Introverted Queen, where I, an introvert, have conversation with other introverts about living in an extroverted world. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for listening, supporting, and sharing these episodes. There's something pretty therapeutic about writing, which is probably why many therapists recommend that you write your thoughts, your feelings, and that you do a brain dump at the end of the day to clear your head. That can even create a greater feeling of happiness, according to some studies, and it can even improve your memory function, which is pretty cool. Writing is a form of thinking, and since ideas can be reread by not only you, but by millions of other people, it can change people's minds, behaviors, and it can even change lives, which is probably why I love writing. I think there's power in inspiring other people through words. Today's guest is a writer. Rhonda is an introverted writer and a communicator, and she loves to read diverse stories. We talked about representation in storytelling, her love of writing, and who or what inspires her. It's a great conversation. Check it out. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Um, It's been a busy week, but a good week. So it's really nice to have the weekend here. And awesome. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I'm excited to chat with you. So uh, who was young Rhonda? That's a really interesting question. So I guess that will go back to maybe who I was growing up in Jamaica, where I was born. And as I think about that, I think... I was a person very early on who recognized the need to modify myself for different environments. So I guess we would like call that code switching now, but obviously I had no knowledge of that term before. But I know that even when I was a child, I knew that, okay, at school you need to be one kind of person and at home you need to be another person and at church you need to be a third kind of person and I think this was because like I went to private school with a lot of maybe children of politicians and so on but I actually lived in a very marginalized community so it was so different that I really figured out that you know you need to modify yourself but I was also very curious as a child very outspoken and also really sensitive to people's emotions. And I actually think that part of myself is still the same. So yeah, that was me. Mm, That's so interesting. I always find it interesting that as young kids, we know when to, um, the expression now is code switch Mm -hmm. (laughs) from different environments. And we don't even realize that it's just something that we're like, okay, this is what I need to do. That's it. Yep. Yep, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, you are a writer. And I am. I'm curious because we always hear about writer's block. Do you believe in it? Ah, uh, I don't know. I always hear people talk about writer's block, and I, I do think it's a real thing. But I, I kind of feel like it depends on how you define writer's block. I know some people define it as not knowing what to write, and 
in that sense, I don't necessarily believe in it because I think most times if I don't know what to write, it's because I haven't done enough research or I don't understand my characters enough because I, I write fiction mostly or I have an emotional issue that I need to go and deal with and then I can come back and and write. So in terms of not knowing what to write, I would probably say no. But in terms of not knowing how to write something, maybe how to tell the story that I want to tell in a compelling way, I would say yes. And I think that usually comes because there's maybe a fear of not writing well or writing something and people thinking it's boring or not interesting or not quite knowing how to put the words on the page. So yeah, I've had that experience a lot. It kind of helps me just to go through the process and to like go through the painful part of writing something bad and then having to go back and revise it. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it, it does. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting, the expression writer's block, because I think it's stemmed a little bit in fear. And I think we always think, well, I think sometimes when, you know, I'm writing and I don't have anything to write that I'm like, oh, I'm just not inspired. Let me wait for the inspiration to come. <laughs> mm. And sometimes but, it just doesn't, right? Yeah. But I mean, I guess I can understand that. But then I would, for myself, I go back to, okay, why do you want to write? Like there must have been something that, was in my mind or heart that made me decide, oh, I need to sit down and write. And then I feel like I need to think about it a lot more. Like I remember I read Shonda Rhimes' book, the first book she wrote, I think it was A Year of Yes or something yes. like that. Mm-hmm. So, And she was talking about her writing process. And when she was talking about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I go through. Mm-hmm. So she was saying if she's going to write, she has to first like, waste time on the internet and then she has to like walk around and do random chores that she she knows she doesn't need to do right now and then she has to go through all these things till she gets to the point of actual writing and I think that's part of the experience and sometimes people think oh I'm not being productive or I'm having writer's block because I'm doing all these things that are not actually writing but I feel like this is part of the process Mm -hmm. so yeah no, it is. It is. It's so true. <laughs> How important is it for you to read stories about people who have similar experiences as you? Oh, I love this question because this is so important to me. Mm. This is extremely important, actually. And this is why I started writing. Mm. So actually, when I was younger, I always loved to read because my mom bought me books very early We didn't have cable. I was often at home with just the lady who took care of me and my entertainment was books. So I got a lot of books when I was younger, but I got classics. And these are not about people like me. And it was interesting. But after a while, I really wanted to read stories about people who look like me and people who had my experience, my lived cultural experience. And so I would branch out into other books maybe not classics, maybe like romances or coming of age stories, but still I wasn't getting that. And I remember that I think I was searching on the internet or something because I was really looking for books about black people, about Mm -hmm. black women and about their experiences. And I started to find some of those and I was so excited. And then 
I wanted stories about Christian women and Christian women and their experiences. And I started to read those and that was nice. The best experience for me was when I found the intersection of that. So experiences mm. with books about black Christian women and their experiences. And that just made such a big impact on me. And some of the books that have had a great impact on me have been books that fell at the center of that intersection. So that was so important to me. And then I wanted, I was like, there should be more of these. Mm -hmm. There's so many little black girls growing up and they're reading all these books that don't really speak to their life and their experience. And that's how I started writing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I love that. And I think we share uh, similar stories because like you, I, I was a huge reader when I was younger. And I think at some point I must have been like, I don't know, 11 or 12. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm reading mm-hmm. all these stories and nobody looks like me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And back then in Canada, it was actually really hard to find um, any books with Black authors. Because I think because of like our smaller Black community here in Canada, it's like we had like almost zero options. So when I would go to the States, I would find like books with people who look like me. But I think at the time it was mostly, um, you know, grown up fiction. Yeah. (laughs) Things that I really shouldn't, not that I shouldn't be reading, but things that weren't really for like an 11 or 12 year old. But I was like, (laughs) I was so hungry for stories for people by people who look like me that I just started reading that I was reading like waiting to exhale (laughs) really early because I'm like I want some you know I want to identify to the characters yeah so I think we've come a long way still yeah definitely well listen like I I believe that I skipped the entire genre of books I went from reading (laughs) classics to reading like 300 page novels when I was in like seven, eighth grade. Like I never read kind of the, I guess maybe it wasn't even a thing when I was growing up, like the tween books or the, the young adult Mm -hmm. um, book. I just skipped right to like the full novels and the the waiting to exhale kind of books basically, (laughs) because I was just reading so much and I was running out of like stuff to read that was, accessible to me that was like the level that maybe most people my age were reading so Mm -hmm. I just read what was available (laughs) yeah no I hear yeah (laughs) I understand completely (laughs) (laughs) do you remember the first story you wrote ah that's an interesting question I don't think I remember the very first story I wrote because the way I started writing was kind of interesting. So, like I said, I used to read all these grown people novels when I was in, like, eighth grade, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who also used to read these kind of books. So this was, like, the basis of our friendship because we would read books and exchange them. And we found this little used bookstore near our school, and we would go and, like, Um, rifle through all the books that were there and buy books and read and exchange and then I don't know whose idea it was I think it was hers that we should try and write a story so she would write one chapter and then she would give me the little notebook and I would read her chapter and then write the next chapter and then I would give it back to her and she would do the (laughs) next one so this is actually how I 
started writing and I still remember her to this day. She's Simone and I know she, she does edits and I really think she should write because she's like an amazing writer. But this was how I started writing. And so I don't remember what the first book we wrote was. I don't think we even finished, but I don't remember that. But I do remember the first short story that I wrote. And I think I wrote this one is about 17. And I had just broken up with this guy. And I was, of course, devastated. And my life was like all going downhill. And so I remember writing a short story about that. And I think that was the first thing I wrote. And I think I shared it with one of my friends and she read it. But it was such a cathartic experience, Mm -hmm. even though I recognize that writing was very therapeutic for me. And it still is very therapeutic for me. But yeah, that was one of the first things that I wrote. I love that you and your friend tag team and like, listen, I'm writing this. (laughs) (laughs) Like read what I wrote and you can just add after and then just go back and forth. I love that team effort. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's such a safe way to start writing because the person is, they're writing as well. So they're exposing their vulnerability and it makes you more willing to expose your vulnerability. And writing is such a personal process. Like no matter Mm -hmm. how people try to be objective about it, Mm-hmm. whatever you write is exposing something about yourself. It's exposing your thought process. It's exposing the things that you value and that you think are important in life. You're showing people a part of yourself. And that's it's a very vulnerable space. And it's sometimes not easy to be in that space with people who are not writers. So I think doing that with my friend was a very helpful experience to me. And I I didn't even realize it at the time, but it was a really safe way to start writing. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. Writing is so therapeutic and you're just so vulnerable. And then sometimes like years later, you read what you wrote, like, I don't know, 15 years ago. And then sometimes you kind of cringe. You're like, Mm -hmm. I wrote this? Oof. (laughs) Yeah. Like the first novel that I wrote and published, I never read it. I I can't. (laughs) It's just so, it's so cringe to me. I just can't do it. So, yeah. So what inspires you, Rhonda? People inspire me. People are so interesting. Like, I love just sitting and talking with people, hearing about their stories, hearing about their experiences, the things that have happened to them, the way they think about life and the way they see situations, which are always often very different from the way I see it. I just find this so interesting and so inspiring. I've based whole characters in stories that I've written around people that I've met. And there's like people that I've met. I don't really know that much about them, but maybe I've observed them in a setting. Like maybe it's a coworker somewhere I work or like someone who lives in my apartment building. And just by observing them and the things that they do, it's like, it creates a whole perception in my mind about who this person is and what their goals and motivations are in life and what they're thinking. And I've created whole characters of individuals based on this. And I also find the news very inspiring and pop culture because the world is so weird. (laughs) And I find that really (laughs) inspiring for writing. And then, of course, my own experiences. 
Mm-hmm. It's like we were just talking a while ago about vulnerability. And I know that every single story I've written has something related to my own life experience in there, which is why it's really hard to share it with people because if they know me well enough, they'll know what situation this is that I'm writing about. So, um, yeah, definitely the experiences of people around me. It's just so inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. And storytelling is so powerful. And like you said, like if you're writing about your own experience and then you have people around you who are close to you who read it, they may actually be surprised by the impact that, you know, an experience had in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they find out, oh, I didn't realize that, you know, this experience impacted you so much. Right. So, yeah, like storytelling is such a powerful tool to bring people together as well. Yeah, it really is. And sometimes there are things that people cannot say out loud with words mm-hmm. that are is somehow easier to express um through the written format. So for me, I I mean we're on a podcast about introverts and I am an introvert despite the fact that I'm talking so much right now, but I am <laughs> <laughs> an introvert. And sometimes it's really hard for me to express certain things to people. Mm-hmm. And I live a lot in my head and there's a lot going on in my mind. Like Of everything that I say, there's probably another 80% that I haven't said that's going on in my mind. And so it's so helpful to be able to write because then I can kind of process through the things that are happening in my mind in a way that's safe for me as an introverted person and um, a way that lets me rifle through my thoughts and talk about my experiences. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. It's so true. Because <laughs> there's some people who express themselves, you know, really well verbally. And then there's some people who are like, you know what? I'm just going to send you an email. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I am one of those. Let me just send you an email to explain everything and it will be crystal clear for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can understand that. So what do you wish you had known 10 years ago? Hmm. So I've thought about this question and I tried to think about who I was 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, I was 27 and I think I had just come back from living abroad for a year and I think I was very unsure about what direction I was going to go in next. My second novel had just been released and you know I wasn't sure like what I was going to write next and if I was going to keep writing because writing for yourself is one thing and writing for publication is a whole other thing and it can be very stressful. So I know at 27, I was like unsure of what direction my life was going to go in. But at the same time, I don't think I wish I knew anything else at that time. So mm-hmm. my answer is really nothing because I feel like we know what we know at the time we know it because God gives us the information we need for that moment yeah. and no more. I think if we knew more, if I knew more as an introvert, as a person who lives in my head, I would probably mess it up or I'd probably, you know, be more anxious about 
the future. And so I think for me, I think I knew everything that I needed to know for that point in time. And that was enough. Yeah. I don't know for other people, but I feel like in my 20s, I cared a lot about what people thought. Mm -hmm. I was much less aware of and comfortable with my own desires. I was less comfortable in my skin, less comfortable saying, for example, what I like versus what I like, what I don't like, what I want versus what I don't want. And I think having more information would have made me more self-conscious, not more effective in doing anything. So yeah, I think nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really interesting answer. And it's, you know, this is like one of my favorite questions to ask people. And you are the first person ever who has said nothing (laughs) and explain it in such a way that I'm like, that is so true. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about it for a while. Like, what would I want to know? I'm yeah. like, no, nothing. <laughs> it, it was just better. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Rana, this was so fun. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's such a great conversation. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That was such a great conversation I had with Rhonda. I hope you found it insightful just as much as I did. One thing I took away from this conversation is that that there is power in words and that representation matters. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and please subscribe. Also, if you enjoy this content and you want to support, feel free to donate on the PayPal link. There is a link in the show notes. Follow me on Instagram at introverted underscore queen blog. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care. And until next time. Mm